Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Michael and Amwin in Yaxley. <laughs> Meh. Da 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 wasn't that the most heartwarming and lovely of dum de dums folks and quite simply i'm going to tell you in a little bit how you can send us in a dum de dum too because folks this is dum de dum the show about the reality ducky drama that are sent on an ambridge in the heart of the midlands i'm the vegan adidas shell toe wearing royfield brown and today i'm joined by our returning officer in san gwen jacqueline berto this week's dum de dum which was just so wonderfully touching, is from Michael and his daughter, Anwin. Quite simply, folks, if you'd like to send us in a dum-de-dum, sing or hum, play your banjo, knock a drum, or even play a kazoo, go to speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum and you can send it in there. Or go on to dumdedum.com and um, hit the little speak pipe tab and sing into your laptop or your mobile device and we will get that dumdedum because we need some more. But on this week's episode, we are luckily enough to hear from our Witherspoon, Stephen Bowden, Melly McMerryweather, our Dusty Substances and Sandra Jenkinson on this fun pack dumdedum. We're going to have Tweet of the Week from Purple Pumpkin and we're going to have a social media roundup as well. My goodness, we're going to spoil you lot. And we're going to have a Facebook roundup. And we're going to, of course, welcome our new members on our Facebook group. But first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sue, the Queen of Tart. Hello, lovely people. It's Sue here, as usual, Queen of Tart on the Twitters and this week in Ambridge. Well, what would Miss Manners say about this week's behaviour in Ambridge? Well, she probably wouldn't count as she's American. But really, honestly. Fallon, for example, spent most of the Sunday Jubilee celebrations complaining how difficult everything she chooses to do is. 
I'm going to say she could just choose not to do things. And did anybody else feel really sick when they saw her the ingredient list for Natasha's dessert? Is throwing up poor etiquette? Lillian was somewhat dischuffed and did not hide it that Jim was the unsung hero. She very rudely displayed it. Jim then gave a speech which whooshed a mile over the heads of his audience and, to be honest, made me blub a bit. Ben, Beth, Vince and David had a bit of a punch-up over who was paying for the drinks and then Vince, terrifically rudely, paid for everything. How rude. Jim made a fearful error after a very touching departure speech with Jasser and gave him a key. Oh, don't do it, Jim. It's all going to end in tears. Stella overstepped the marks on Tuesday. Brian, might I remind her, is her boss and giving him a hard time about being in the office and then heaven forfend, send him to Kate for yoga. How very dare she. Oh, God. Hysterical Steph gate crashed a posh dinner with Vince, Beth and Ben. I was quite glad as it shot Vince up when he was talking about sweets. That was frightfully non-you. We might have to explain that best to Miss Manners. And for any non-English listeners, well, it means they're as common as muck. I hate to say it, but Steph is a right slapper, frankly. I thought that she and Wopsy's face, Liam, had an open marriage. So how can there be affairs? How can she be sleeping with someone behind his back? I don't really understand. And then she turned into a whiny little baby and Vince just crumbled for his little princess. Honestly, I felt sicker than when we were listening to Natasha's pudding recipe. This whole saga continued on Wednesday. Steph was awful. Beyond rude, frankly, beyond. She was rude to Beth, her dad, Ben, David, Ruth. I almost, almost felt sorry for David, who did splutter most effectively when he had to take the new fluffy bits off the barn, on the barn. I almost felt sorry for David, who did splutter most effectively when he had to take the new fluffy bits off the barn. Internet. Weddings are so very fickle. And then it turns out Steph was the cheaty one. How very rude indeed. And for Vince to take her side, well, I never. I thought on Thursday the scriptwriters served us very badly in giving Jazza and Tracy an argument over a vacuum cleaner. I was hoping they might get at least a week of domestic bliss before that stepped in. Jazza didn't even bother to knock before turning up at Jimmy's. And then Tracy didn't bother to knock because the door wasn't shut. And on Friday, Chelsea didn't bother to knock either and then went in his fridge. This is not on. I will mention a final bright light in this week was Brian's yoga session when he said some very nice things to Kate. It was pretty gobsmacking all round, really, which I suspect is a word that Miss Manners probably wouldn't know. Anyway, till next week. Oh, thank you for that, Queen of Tart. Jacqueline Berthaud. What do you reckon? Last week in Ambridge, words of one syllable, sum it up for us. It made me feel sick. Really? It was a sickly week in Ambridge. Why so? It was sickly because of all that silly cake business and the throwing up of children and blah, blah, blah. It was sickly hearing Steph talk to her father. It was a bit sickly. It's mm. surprising hearing Brian with Kate. And it was a bit sickly. Oh, no, was stop that... it. It wasn't sickly, but it was kind of just all in the same element, you know, all a bit, Ugh. I don't know whether I feel comfortable with this. It's so unusual. 
And also, it was sweet and lovely, Jim and Jazz are being sickly sad about each other, but... There's things mm-hmm. about that I think we're going to have to talk about. Most definitely. And if you want to talk about the Archers, Jacqueline Berto, you're on the right podcast. I'll let you know. Right. Thank this you. is the pod- That's so our raison d'etre. That, <laughs> that is our modus operandi to talk about the Archers. I will agree with you that Steph and her dad, I was like, what the heck am I listening to? But I need to like level with you that I don't really quite understand because when I took my hiatus, I missed out on Beth, missed out on Steph. Yes, Vince was already part of things before I took my little sabbatical. So you're going to have to catch me up with Beth. Beth, who is she? Do we like her? Because she seems pretty nice so far. Well, I quite like her. I think she's very Mm level-headed. When she first met, came into the Archers, I think it was around, it was when Beth was, Stephanie was getting married. And Stephanie was having this uh, little Bo Peep wedding in the Brookfield farm. And I think I have half an idea that she first started chatting to a Josh, not Ben. But anyway, it was Ben she went for. And then they had this kind of funny competition that she had a kind of baking competition in their kitchen, which of course was supposed to bond her with Jill or piss Jill off. I'm not sure which. <laughs> so wait a minute. She, as bold as brass, you walked into Jill's kitchen and tried to outbake her. Now, listen, you're putting me on the spot here because I, so long ago, I can't quite remember. There was something about a cake. I'm sure somebody will tell us. Well, Cosmo, here is your time to shine, sir. You know, fill us in on who baked the cake or more to the point, what was the incident that Beth stirred up by going into Jill's kitchen, into Jill's <laughs> domain, so to speak, because our Jacqueline can't quite remember. But This could be did... a theme. <laughs> Let me warn you, Roy Field. A, <laughs> this could quite well be a theme because I'm a great listener and follower of the Archers and Dum Dum say, but my memory isn't what it used to be. <laughs> Well, that's the reason why we have the best part of four to 5,000 listeners. They can just fill in the blanks when we mess up and they can call in, whether it's on SpeakPipe or even email in oh, and uh, just put us right. That's mm. what you're there for. <laughs> Don't be a passive listener. Uh, we need you to lean in because neither of us know what exactly that instant was. But what we should do, go on to our caller and go on to our wonderful audience because we are the people's podcast, don't you know? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Ambridge3962. First off, let's go down to Gloucestershire and I believe round about Cheltenham. It's our Stephen Bowden. Hi, Roy Field and Jacqueline. This is just a very quick call to put in a few words about Jazza. Jazza seems to be seen these days as something of a national treasure. Uh, and I just thought it would be worth reminding ourselves where he came from. We first met Jazza back in two, about 2000 when uh, Ed and Barry were famished and Jazza was in school in the same class as Ed. They became friends and uh, got together to form the band Dross with Fallon and with uh, Jazza's brother on drums. Uh, and as part of this rock and roll lifestyle, Jazza got hooked on ketamine, got banned from the bull, generally unreliable, complete nightmare. A few years after that, in about 2006, Ed got hooked on crack cocaine. And the person who supplied that crack cocaine, it was, of course, Jazza. So he's a druggie and he's a dealer of very serious drugs, far more serious than Freddy's. And subsequently, we have seen him as a Randy Milkman. He had that, more recently, that awful business with Tracy, trying to persuade to have sex in a hotel room, which cost Tracy her performance bonus uh, when Greg Abel's was shut down. He had that relationship with the awful Jade. And so the good bits of Jazza, most notably uh, his role in Birth of Martha, are very much the exceptions. And for all that people seem to love Jazza and think that he's a, a lovable scamp, he's not. He's bad news. And I, I do think we need to get some balance in when we talk about him. Anyway, that's enough for me. Talk to you soon. Bye. Gosh. A Jazza hater, or at least somebody who says we need to view Jazza in the round. Where do you stand on Jazza McCreary? Well, in fact, I have to admit, though, as I've always said, that I'm a long, long, long time listener of The Archers. I had a period from uh, about 2000 to 2006 when I was living on a boat sailing from the UK to the Mediterranean. And mm. it was the days before the internet, really. You, so I missed out on that, the whole band. Wait a minute, Jacqueline, Jacqueline, it took you from 2000 to 2006 to get from England to the Med on a boat. I've thought about a slow boat to China, but that's a very slow boat. Well, no, not really. I wasn't just sitting. I just wasn't sailing all the time. Thank thank goodness me. I spent (laughs) spent two years having a baby, a year and a half, 18 months having a baby in La Rochelle. Then I sailed down to uh, Barcelona and stayed for three years in Barcelona, living on the boat. So the internet was something that we didn't really have. We shared a dongle with some neighbours in Barcelona, but it was Mm -hmm. never enough to be able to listen to... Radio 4. So I had, I have a, a little gap in my knowledge of those years. But from what I've read back on the history, I mean, everything that Stephen says is obviously true. And um, I agree. I mean, he was a bad boy, but don't we hope that people mature and don't we hope that they move on, can leave their bad, their bad things behind? When I first listened to Stephen's call, I was a little bit surprised because just like you, actually, early 2000s, I was on a little bit of an Ambridge break as well. Moved to London, one thing and another, new dad. I actually wasn't listening. 
And I remember coming back into, I'm going to say about 2003, 2004, and Jazza was a fully formed character. So I remember Dross the band, but I don't remember him entering Ambridge, so to speak. Mm. I don't remember. So that was actually a little bit of a history lesson for me. So so props to you, Stephen, for not reminding me, telling me, because I didn't know how Jazza actually came into it. But I think, though, Jazza has shown us his loyalty to his friends and his big heart, hasn't he? Yes, he's rough around the edges. And, and the other thing is as well, we've got to give people the opportunity for redemption, haven't we? Indeed. Yeah, in fact, that's what I was trying to say. You've just found the good words. Yeah, I think you do. I think he's, you know, he's growing up. Okay, yes, he has amazingly immature moments for a man who's nearer 40 than 30. But especially the thing with Tracy and um, having sex in a hotel room was just ridiculous. But he's trying to take on uh, a family. So maybe he is maturing slowly. So maybe you should give him a bit of, as you say, a slack. Slack, slack, that's the expression. The the other thing is as well, it's timely that Stephen has reminded us of Jazza's origins because what did Jazza say this week? He says, you're my dad. Yeah. You're my father figure. So whilst, yes, he was a dealer and he's got into so many scrapes, but in large part it's because he didn't have parental guidance. He didn't. And he sees his parents ultimately being his friend Jim, somebody who he looks up to, calls the prof, and has actually helped him to mature so much so that he can put his philandering ways behind him and actually be committed to Tracy, but not just to Tracy, but also to Tracy's family. Yeah, but there is always that side of him that is very immature, impetuous, this whole business about walking away from Tracy after an argument of a stupid... The vacuum cleaner. The vacuum. I wanted to say washing machine then. That was a few weeks ago. And ordering in a pizza to somebody else's house with a load of money that he obviously doesn't have. I just felt feel that there are still very immature moments in him, as, as I said, for a man who was a bridge in his 40s. But I think he will get there in the end. To expect him to go from being the Jazza McCreary of old, the Lothario, to he's walked into the Horobin's household and, and all of a sudden he's Slipper's dad. There is going to be a grey period, isn't there, in between, where he needs to learn to mature and also how conflict resolution is actually done when you're in a relationship with somebody, a domestic relationship, because he's never had that. He's never yeah. lived with a partner who's emotionally involved with. He's had many partners, but he's never had to deal with them day in, day out. And he could always just walk away, go back to, to gyms or wherever he used to live before. So I think we need to give him a little bit of a space to, to also to adjust. Yes, and I hope Stephen will as well. Exactly, Stephen. <laughs> you know, so uh, yes, he's he's not perfect, Stephen. But to be fair to you, Mister Bowden, you're not the only Archers fan in in, in Archers uh, land who is somewhat sceptical about Jazza McCreary. I think overwhelmingly we go go get him, Jazza, and we love him for his ways because we see past it. But there are a lot of Archers fans who are just like don't really like him. Stephen is hardly alone in having sceptical feelings about our Jazza McCreary. But I tell you what, Jazza is a Caledonian, isn't he? He's uh, someone who was born north of the border. Our next caller is similarly blessed. It's Melly McMerryweather. 
Good afternoon, Royfield and Madame Bordeaux and everybody in Dundee Dunland. It's Mary McMerryweather calling in from a very wet and windy west of Scotland. Although I'm one week out for annual leave, so I'm sure that Ireland will be full of sunshine, won't it? Anyway, I just wanted to note my now new favourite character. It was a toss-up between Beth and Stella. The less said about Steph, the better. So, I have completely gone for Stella this week. Absolutely. She's the only character other than Tracy that I've ever listened to and said, "Mm, yep, complete agreement. Some people might think that she's disrespectful to Brian in the way that she speaks to him, but I think it's a sign of the relationships they've built with the joint goal of the success of the farm. Currently working um, with two small businesses, yeah, we work closely together um, and that kind of joint joint goal thing, I think, leads to, I'm sure Witherspoon will have something to say about this, it leads to a brutal honesty, both professionally and personally. It just, it's a trust thing. It's a trust that you're not going to say something, you're not going to do something to harm the business and you're not going to do something to harm the person that you're focused on making the business uh, a success with. Like the interesting thing about Stella will be her backstory because remember the whole thing about her knowing Justin. That'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And it might end up with that she's no longer my favourite character. Hope you're all well, COVID free and enjoying the return of responsible freedom. Bye guys. Thank you very much Lee. Cara last week did talk about about Stella and Brian's relationship and she was at great went to great pains to to say that it's almost a relationship of equals yes one is the other one's boss but actually Brian really respects Stella and very obviously Stella sees that too and she's earned that respect she's obviously very good at her job but it also means she can be very honest with Brian and that was writ large today because she's told him you shouldn't be here no, exactly. And I think I like the fact that she used that. It was used as a device to bring out more of her backstory. Those of us who were, who were listening at the time were very curious, and I am certainly, about uh, what her backstory is because very early on when she arrived, in case this was a bit that you missed, she mm-hmm. had a conversation with Justin. And Justin uh, and her obviously knew each other pretty well. And obviously there's the normal speculation about the fact that they'd been lovers or whatever, but that was no, obviously a no-no. But they'd had some business connection and it's never never been discussed again. We've never found anything out about it. And the fact that she's become quite close and, as you say, in a respecting each other working relationship with Brian, to this extent where she can say, look, it's your, it's your life on the line here. I still feel that there might be something that's going to come out with Justin interfering with Home Farm. Mm -hmm. The the week also ended up with Brian having a yoga lesson with with Kate. And though you said it was sickly sweet, I think that's rather harsh, Madame Berto. I thought this was... Yeah, but we've heard them before. Brian has never been a very big uh, supporter of Kate. But yeah. wasn't that the whole point, though? Because yeah. he said, actually, you have built this business in your image 
one of which he has ridiculed, mm. and so have we as listeners. Indeed. Right? She's definitely a joke character primarily. Oh, she's so irritating. She, <laughs> well, that's it. But we're there to laugh at her. We don't laugh along with her. It's at her, how ridiculous she is. And and she has this very peculiar and solipsistic worldview. However, Brian, who's the arch businessman, has says, no, you've created this business. And even though I don't understand it, I've got to give you props because it's a viable business. And I need to acknowledge that. And you obviously have a view of the world which is valid because people pay money for it. So I need to listen to it, not only because of my health, but also I need to realise that there is value in what you do. Yeah, that's very true. So maybe I should take it all back. Because you're very good at persuading me to take back what I instantly say. (laughs) (laughs) This this isn't normally me. (laughs) Um, But... But yeah, and he was, he, he was, he acknowledged the fact that she's run up the business, she's running the business, but I think he might be seeing it through rose tinted glasses to keep her on his side because we have no, absolutely no idea how that business is going. I mean, she never has any other clients, does she? Who comes to the the jumping around classes? Well, she she (laughs) did. Didn't she have a Grey Gables, like a way day thing? At some point. Yeah, she did, didn't she? Oh, gosh, yes, that seems like a long time ago. Yeah, she does. Mm. She did. Mm. Anyway, I just feel sorry for Brian having to sit on that little puff thing. Poof. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I have had an experience just like that. And, in fact, I wrote Uh on the Dumpty Dum Facebook page my experience with my 72-year-old neighbour because we have a, what's it called? What's the name of her place? Whatever the name of her yurty place is. (laughs) We have one of those opening here, Mm -hmm. the Zen Jardin de Kistili. And uh, it's opening on the 1st of July. And the woman who's running it, who's very rather hard-headed businesswoman, so I don't know quite how, how it all fits together. She invited a few people in to test her yurt meditation session. Oh, my goodness me. I've never been so uncomfortable in my life. 50 minutes crouched on a poof. And I, I couldn't get up. And Eve, my neighbor, <laughs> tried to help me up at the end and Eve managed to fall over. We were actually escorted to the door. We were hysterical. <laughs> Absolutely. Goodness sake. Let's listen to somebody else's view on something. <laughs> Hello, it's Dusty Substance here, the wrong sort of listener. Apologies for the noises off. I'm in the middle of rehearsing Pride and Prejudice, uh, our outdoor show for the Richmond Shakespeare Society. Tickets available. I had the pleasure, I think it was, of catching up with about five weeks of the archers the other day. And some of it was more pleasurable than others. I think I want to slap Steph. She really is a nuisance, but effectively played because I'm sure that's how I meant to feel about her. But what I really enjoyed was the scene with Jazza and Jim. I actually... I think I had something in my eye hearing about the Father's Day card thing. I'm sure you've all discussed this to the uh, nth degree, but I'm a little bit behind with the pod as well. I just wanted to also say thank you so much to Philippa and to Quentin for all their wonderful efforts with the podcast over such a long time. Thank you to everyone who's stepping in, and I look forward to catching up with the pod and with everybody else very soon. Love to everyone. Bye.
Thank you for that, Miss Substances, or Mrs. Substances, actually. She'll get your title right. And, and of course, we need to big up Philippa and Quentin. Indeed, But, we do. Uh, yeah, five weeks of the Archers in one dollop. Gracious. What's the longest, what, what's the most amount of Archers you've ever crammed in, do you reckon? I think once I did have four weeks to catch up on mm. because I was traveling and so when I came back but there were only four omnibi omnibuses do we say mm-hmm. omnibi omnibuses on the on the website so and it was on in the days where you know it wasn't uh, quite as easy to catch up listening by other means so that was I could, couldn't download a podcast at the time so that was pretty about that and at the same time I think I had three or four uh dumpty dumbs as well so dumpty dumbsies yeah <laughs> talking about archives of uh, the archers because the whole thing about the omnibuses or the omni buy yes they only go back four weeks don't they yeah but actually there are there's one if not two fan driven archers archive sites and I bumped into it this week. And what's great about it, and for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of it. So if you own said website or if you use said website, please email in or call her in next week and uh, remind me of the name of it. Because I've just gone through my browser history and I can't for the life of me see it. But what they do is all of the episodes from about 2010 are there. But then also they've categorized certain episodes. So it's like Archer's Affairs. So if you want to know who's had their way with whom, Ha-ha. right, there's a category for that. Oh, right. that and there's great. and there's various other categories. So please, folks, if you can help me put me out of my misery next week, please call her in or her in, email in, or send a smoke signal or Morse code or something to Dumpty Dum Towers and give us the name of this website. So I bumped into it and it is all manner of awesome. And whoever's put it together has gone to some dedication because it's over 10 years old in terms of its archiveness so if you ever find yourself on a slow boat from was this from Immingham was it no I don't nobody sells from Immingham unless you're in a giant container no this was <laughs> this was from Portsmouth Portsmouth uh-huh. to mm. Barcelona all right so if you ever find yourself again Jacqueline from going from Pompey to Barcelona you can get a whole you can get 10 years worth of the archers on your dongle oh well I wonder if that also includes the death of Phil Archer because I managed to miss that it absolutely would I was on a three-week trip and somehow the Mm -hmm. it was at a time when the BBC website was only holding two weeks omnibuses omnibi Mm. (laughs) I don't I don't know why that. Well, I suppose it's all down to storage space or whatever. But you'd think, you think you the know, BBC the would have, are, <laughs> have yeah, space if, if anybody was going to have it. <laughs> absolutely, you'd think there's no reason why they wouldn't just make it an infinite archive, really, mm. because you know BBC Three is all on there, and that's TV, and those files are much bigger than just audio. So, but anyway, anyway, maybe if you're one of the big wigs at the bbc you can explain to us uh, mere mortals why we pay our license fee and there isn't more archers on there do you know what i mean because i don't know about you jacqueline but my buying license fee money is good is your license actually you don't even pay a license fee do you you've been all french no but i do pay France. a french i do do pay a french license fee a redevance 
Yeah, yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nonsense to that. A good old British license fee. Ah, I paid it for years, Roy. <laughs> so, well, 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 oh, well that's not now. the way it works. <laughs> no, I know. No, if, actually, if you, you've made me actually rather embarrassed by that because I do feel well. embarrassed that I actually am a Radio 4, a Radio 5, a Radio 4 Extra, although that's going, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. fan. I listen to the spoken word uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. I have my phone with me now that's got, you know, I listen to it when I'm out and about in the garden. I listen to it when I'm working. I use it mm-hmm. with my students. So, and I don't pay anything to the BBC. They're going to cut me off one oh, day. Lord. But it's because you've changed your national allegiance, haven't you? Yeah, I have. For love. The best and easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum. And don't forget the T in the middle. And you can also find the link in the show notes. And we need your calls in by 6pm on a Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need uh, to be at least 18 to take part in our discussions. Now, we need your help. There are a few things that you can do. First off, if you haven't done already, hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast you're listening to us on and give us a five-star review in the review section for that podcatcher. It'll be hugely appreciated. It's awesome if you do it on Apple Podcasts because that is the biggest kind of review site. And fundamentally, if you go and give us um, a five-star review. We're not asking for it. We're not begging for it. If we deserve it, please give us one. And then also write a little bit of something. What it means is that more people get then to listen to the podcast. Now, finally, the third thing you can do is consider becoming a patron. Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. If you go in big, and I think it's like $5 per episode, you get a mug or a t-shirt. But what Ever level that you would like to contribute, and it goes down to as little as one dollar. So that's less than one English pound. I think it's about 70 pence right now. Quite simply, you can go to patreon.com, just search for Dumpty Dum. We'd be chuffed to bits to have your support. And whenever we get new Patreons, you will be immortalized here on this section in the podcast. Thank you so much uh, for just listening to this little bit of a little bit of a plug but now let's go back to our caller in and next on the roster is our sandra hello this is sandra from a very warm waterlooville i'm going to go slightly off topic here i went to chichester to see murder on the orient express mainly because timothy watson aka rob titchener was playing samuel ratchet and of course, I'd like to report that he got stabbed. It was really was stabby gate. Eight wounds the character got. And the other person that I also went to see was Joanna Van Campen, and she was playing Greta Olsen. There, I bet that's made you all jealous. Bye. Made me very jealous. <laughs> it's rather handsome, Timothy Watson. He is indeed. Also, mm. I'm a great fan of Golden Age fiction, so uh, going to see a live production of an Agatha Christie is just uh, a dream. So I'm guessing, Sandra, that your call was somewhat prompted by the revelation that Arthur Hughes was doing a little bit of barding last week. And then I was wittering on about taking me ma, me, me ma, me pa, and, and Maisha to see a little bit of Shakespeare. 
I can't remember if I've ever seen an Archer's actor tread the boards. I can't think. No, I don't think I have either, but it's a long time since I've been to the theatre because I've been out here nearly 20 years. Do you have a little theatre in there in Sanguen? No, you... we we don't now. We did have, but like many uh, country villages, which is something very interesting, a comparison between Ambridge and Sanguen, because mm. we have an ageing population there aren't very, there are not very many young families. The school closed down a few years ago, three years ago, and the children now have to go to the nearest uh, school, which is four kilometres away. So we're not very far, but, and there's only up to the end of middle school, school, and then they have to go much further, 20 kilometres. But no, there's no, there's nothing like that, nothing theatrey. We, we have an independently run cinema, which actually has had a major crisis, but now there's, by people giving money, they've bought a new, um, projector, which is a digital projector for you. But Sanguen, no, we have no actors, no actors at all. Only those that act on the political stage. Yes. Or the community stage. The community not... stage. No, a lot exactly. of community stuff, yeah. So I'll tell you what, one of the things which kind of marks out a lot of our listeners is they're very community-minded. And none of them more community-minded than Sarah Spilsbury, who's our next caller in who doesn't half work her tail off doing great and good things in and around Birmingham. Welcome back, Royfield, bienvenue, Jacqueline, it's Sarah from Smethwick here after a car to divorce, boredom-related hiatus. Well, what a week it's been in Ambridge, mainly around the theme of daddy issues. First of all, we had Jim and Jazza. Did anyone hear the applause Jim received for the Unsung Hero Award? You did? Well done. It was super quiet, indoor voice clapping. Perhaps everyone else thought it should have been Clary too? But Tuesday night had me going, oh. Until I sounded like a kitten. But Jazza doesn't seem to be able to cut those apron strings, much like Steph. Or Vince, from the sound of his voice, going into It'll be okay, equal baby mode. If we're going to hear more from Steph, which it sounds as if we might though, I do hope the writers flesh her out from the Are you okay, hun? Live, laugh, love grotesque she's been thus far. And finally, thank God he's okay, Brian and Kate. Earlier in the week, I questioned his being placed in the care of someone so annoying so soon after a stress-induced angina attack, but the crystally one eventually made good. Although, hippy-trippy cosmic lollapalooza is up there with the best Brianisms. I wrote the phrase down. It was that good, I just need to work out a way to work it into conversation. And whilst I think on how I'm going to do that, I'll bid you tarara bit. Tarara bit. Tarara bit. Where do you want to start with that call? Oh, gracious. Yeah, I have to I have to say that Brian came out with some uh, very good phrases this week. Uh, Brian is someone I have a love have had a love-hate relationship with. You know, I don't mm. uh, I didn't approve. I'm very prudish maybe, I don't know. I just didn't like the it's you know the whole infidelity thing. The 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 number of different ones he's had, but I didn't like the way that he kind of assumed that Jenny would take on Rory, which she did. And where is Jenny? <laughs> Jenny has disappeared. Here's the thing, and I'm genuinely asking a question here. 
I was completely and utterly listening when Jenny took on Rory. Me too. But I, but I don't think, did Brian expect her to? I ge- genuine question. I, I, cause the, like the subtle detail of that is lost on me. I think I seem to remember that, yes, he came because they already knew about Rory. And yeah. he went over when Siobhan was very, very poorly. Yeah, and, and stayed with them, didn't he? And, yeah, and uh, he bring, and brought Rory back. Brought Rory back. And well, it was kind of, by the time he brought a small boy back who was six or seven years old, it's kind of fait accompli. What's Jenny going to say? And he's never been a hands-on dad. So he was always going to leave the day-to-day upbringing of Rory in Jenny's hands. So, And I don't think Jenny had any choice apart from saying sling your hook and get out of here and blah, blah, blah. Well, obviously she didn't. She wouldn't. But mm, I don't think she had any choice. You know, this is, this is some... Like, I want to wrestle with you on this, but I cannot remember all the details. So I'm going to defer to you. But it was in, in West Indian cultures, you know, bringing up somebody else's child is very, very common, whether it's generally it's kind of like grandmothers and stuff, you know, grandmothers that bring up their, their grandchildren literally as, as their own. So that bit of the storyline did chime with me, as I said, in, in many cultures. Other people do bring up other people's children. I was having this conversation with somebody just yesterday. Cannot remember who it was and what ethnicity they were because I can't remember who the person was. But they were saying that in their culture, it's actually seen as a real mark of esteem to be able to to, to actually to bring up somebody else's child. That you that you're you're slightly of an elevated status because it's seen as such a good thing to do. If this child is is not biologically yours and and it wasn't necessarily to do with people having an effect having affairs and stuff i think it's like taking in orphans and or there's some other kind of circumstance but anyway cosmo i think we need you cosmo please or you know what we need to do oh i've got it jacqueline Je- madame berto i have it what we're going to do for next week i'm going to go onto that archive site because somebody will have emailed me before next week's show said this is the archive site i'm going to go back i'm going to listen i'm going to ping you the link and then we can actually then decide we can then um discern sorry exactly how much did brian expect her to to take on rory or was this a case of well he's got nowhere to go and he, i'm going to send off to boarding school and jenny says no brian you know i can bring him up because i cannot generally remember cannot mm. cannot cannot yeah good plan let's do let's stick let's to that plan. do that let's do that so again if you know the name of this site and somebody <laughs> gave me the link and this week for something and i was there it's utterly awesome we need to big them up and if there's no other reason than this to come on to dum dum next week it is to know the name of that website so you can go back if you're a newbie if you've only been listening to the archers in the last let's say oof, i don't know seven years so you're fresh still wet beyond the ears you can listen to that website and um, you'll be able to catch up and all the juicy goings on in ambridge but last call rinora but by no means the least is our with a spoon hooray Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. 
Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's with the Spoon and Angus Haggis here, just back from a gay pride festival in Montclair, New Jersey. There were lots of people there, including straight couples with their kids adorned in rainbow t-shirts and accessories. It got me thinking, when will Ambridge have its first ever pride fete? Which straight allies would be most supportive? Kate, of course, and I think Tracy would love to hang out with some fun LGBT friends, not Adam and Ian. How about Jazzer? I'm not sure how comfortable he'd be, but I think he'd come around after a couple of pints at the nearest gay watering hole. Speaking of Jazzer, there was some chatter about him pro and con on Facebook this week. If you recall, I used to refer to him as Ambridge's court jester, never thought he'd grow up, and never thought he'd maintain a long-term romantic relationship. So Jim was deserving of his award, as he has been the unsung hero in helping Jazzer to mature. I was a bit surprised that Jazzer and Tracy both didn't try harder to be more accommodating during their first week of living with each other, but they seemed to work out things in the end. Unfortunately, Jim's reward for helping the couple was to have his peaceful existence interrupted by Chelsea, which leads us to the Archer's newest, most annoying character in the world, Steph, who has replaced the long-standing, now former most annoying character in the world, Kate, who actually tried to be very understanding and helpful to her father. I was impressed by Beth's attempts to set limits with her sister, was disappointed that Ben wasn't more supportive of his girlfriend's feelings and point of view, and thought, of course, when Beth's resolve weakened, leading to a rather hackneyed situation of Steph moving in lock, stock, and barrel with Beth. Please, Steph, just go far, far away and leave Beth and Ben alone. Talk to you soon. Steph. Do you, do you think Steph is going to be around for the long haul as our, the new character that we need and want to hate? Yeah, maybe. She's, oh, she's definitely irritating. But in fact, it's the kind of thing that they do, isn't it? They kind of flesh out, put too much stuff on one person, about one person, and we all get irritated with them. Remember Linda, Linda when Linda arrived? Everybody disliked her intensely. I disliked Linda for about... 20 years <laughs> you know, she, 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 she came mid 80s I and it was only I've said this so many times on this show it was only when Kathy had been raped yeah and she confided in Linda that I realized that Linda was a wonderful confidant yeah absolutely you know, and that was a good 18 to 20 years before I came round to Linda. I was like, I, as soon as you heard her voice, it was like nails going down a black a blackboard. I was like, oh, my gosh, no. Yeah, you know, I agree. And now, now look at her, you know, St. Linda. Yeah, exactly. With her MBE and all the rest of it. I think that they're fleshing, they're throwing a lot at of Steph at us at the moment. But, mm-hmm. you know, in recent uh, months, years, last few years, mm-hmm. definitely since the uh, monologues, they've kind of thrown characters at us, lots of information and then not a lot else. <laughs> they kind of die off and die away. But I suppose all the actors are getting older. They have to start bringing in new blood, yeah, new yeah. new, new people. The younger characters are, are finding their voices, etc. So who knows? But maybe she will take us, it will take us 20 odd years to, but she, <laughs> to she like worries her. me. Yeah, to like it. But she worries me because I seem to, th- I feel like she's perhaps um, edging in on Ben, uh, whereas I like the relationship oh. between Beth and Ben. So... Don't like that. I think also for me, it's marked that a lot of the newer characters aren't RP. 
you know, they're, they're Brummies with people with regional accents. I, I think this is a deliberate shift. So, so there's more of a real sense of place here. Very obviously, Stella is is kind of RP ish and whatever. But you know, most obviously the cases aren't. You know, no. and they've they've got a little bit of cash as well. So it's not as if they've come in as the, the next Grundies or Horribins. You know, they they have. But don't money. you think uh, Vince is kind of being played out as a bit like Jack Woolley? Oh, absolutely. And that's what I said when he first came in. He is the new Jack Woolley, you know, the yeah. the brash bluff brummy, you exactly. know, brummy businessman. Yeah. yeah. You and know, it's so. great to have those kind of characters. The thing about Stella, though, is one of the things I love about Stella is that she irritates the hell out of Pip. And that can only be good in my book. Oh, well, you know what? I haven't heard that. So that that's obviously <laughs> happened in, in my hiatus. So, uh, oh, yes. <laughs> we need We need some of that. So that is the end of our call runners. But now we need to go to the other bit of the community, all those on social media. So it's time for our social media roundup. Hello, you two. Stephen here with the social media roundup. There's been quite a bit of discussion on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group of the seven hours and 15 days. Sorry, make that two days, three weeks and nine months of Steph Casey's marriage and how Vince reacted to the end of it. The whole episode was like a Brian Ricks farce, said Paul Newman. Vince appears to have his head screwed on in business and with Lizzie, but when it comes to Stephanie, he loses all sense of judgment and perspective, which Beth maintains, and turns into a drivelling imbecile. Witherspoon decided to look for the positives. There's Freddie, in with a chance, he observed, and he went on, And I wonder what Elizabeth's point of view about Steph will be when Vince cries on her shoulder. Monica Postle suggested, hopefully, she'll try to open his eyes about her. Lillian McCarthy has been catching up on a few missed weeks. But now she has caught up, she's really worried for Elizabeth. It's no wonder Vince has been married three times. Like father, like daughter, it would seem. Jazza was the subject of quite a bit of discussion. Keith Rawlings clearly isn't a big fan. So Jazza hasn't lost any of his insensitivity, he noted. He ordered a pizza to be delivered directly to Jim's house, without even knowing what Jim's plans were for the evening. Walked straight in and expected all those present to automatically jump to his decision for food and entertainment. He really is thoughtless. Jan Mitchell had another take. I see Jazza a little differently, she said. I think he tends to follow his bliss, but in this case more his angst, gets an idea in his head and enthusiastically carries it through. I think he truly believes that others will automatically want to join him for the ride. And Fiona Crawford also came to his defence. Jim did give him a key and tell him he was always welcome. While we're talking about Jim, Justin Lubnutin von Offenbach had an alarming plot prediction about him. I have the feeling he's going to pass away, she said. The story about his character has been quite emotional and almost nostalgic this week. David Tweedy was thinking along the same lines. I hope not. I'm not sure what else dramatically they might do with the character in terms of giving him a new storyline. Luckily, Mike Jennings had another idea. He mentioned being too old to find love a few months ago, so maybe that's going to happen for him. And Bonnie McLean had a philosophical approach to the issue. If he shuffles off the here and now, blame Fallon for that award, she said, and went on. I can hear the conversations. At least Jim knew he was appreciated by the village folk. Elsewhere, Fiona Hayton was worried about Joy. Kate Lyle was annoyed that Brian's 
Namaste Gerolitis joke was making her quite like the old reprobate. Jonah Titchmarch was wondering how old Graham Ryder was. And Witherspoon was asking what everybody's least favourite dessert was. Who knew that trifle could be so divisive? And finally, Scarlet Air confessed having stopped listening to the Archers around Christmas as she needed to concentrate on her final year at university and she wanted advice on how to catch up. That thread now has helpful links to all kinds of resources to allow anybody to catch up on the last six months or indeed the last 30 years of goings-on in Ambridge. If there's a gap in your knowledge you'd like to fill, it would be a great place to start. So, if you want to join in the discussions, you'd be most welcome. Just search for the Dumpty Dum group on Facebook, answer the two membership questions, there are no wrong answers, but we want to be sure you're human, and we'll welcome you with open arms. And with that, I'll hand you back to the studio. Do you think it's obvious that we don't listen to all the segments before we actually record the show? <laughs> I was thinking as I heard that. Blimey, where did that come from, Stephen? Sorry, we didn't listen to that before Royfield played it. Mm. Yes. So I think maybe mm-hmm. we should look at the Facebook page as well. Absolutely. We've been but caught out there, Royfield. We've spectacularly been, been caught out. And what I would also say as well is that not only did we not play that, not listen to that before we actually played it, we had got to this point in the script and it wasn't even uploaded onto the system. I had neglected Stephen to... So somehow it fell in between the cracks. It fell behind the back of the sofa. And when we came to the part in the script, we said, and now it's a social media roundup. It's like, oh, where's that then? So <laughs> that is the rest. So there you go, folks. We're back to the good old days. This is not a Quentin and Philippa production, which is all slick and all being pre-planned from three days before. It's Royfield, Bodget and Scarpa and whatever. And yes, we're doing um, this very much on the hoof. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Royfield. Seeing as yes. we've been chat- chatting uh, social media, maybe we should remind uh, listeners about the Academic Archers book. Which, Ooh, yes. Uh, which opening chapter is by Dum Dum regular Claire from Clapham. Fans, flouncers, fundamentalists, understanding online archers fan cultures. It's out now. Fandom, culture and the archers and available wherever you buy your books. I've got that on my list for September when I'm in the UK. It, it is actually supposed to be a right riveting read. And I'm guessing that a dum de dum on the old book of face uh, gets a shout out there. The academic archers, they're such a lovely bunch. And we did big them up quite a bit last week because uh, it was wonderful having Kara on. Yes, she stepped in at, at the last minute because there was no, there was, there was no you, Jacqueline. No, oh God, my neighbours at the little uh, beach house decided a teenage party going on. I think they were playing uh, Xbox or whatever it is they do, taking all the bandwidth at the which width at the end of the cul-de-sac. And then on the Monday was a bank holiday, so we were travelling around and doing things and getting back. So ugh, just ran out of time, didn't we? Sorry, Royfield. I'm back I, in a I, field now. I thought you said there was no young people in your village earlier on. No, this isn't my village. This is at the coast. In my village, no, there aren't any. In fact, I met two of my daughter's friends at the polling station today, and I haven't seen them for about five years. So that was the, we don't see people. We just don't see young people. Hmm. Now, normally at this point, we would read out the reviews that we've had in from from iTunes, but there aren't any reviews. But there is some dum-de-dum news. Cue a news music. 
Now, Marie Bray, who sent in the most stupendous dumpty dum a couple of weeks ago, wrote us a message on Facebook, and I thought I'd just read this out. Uh, thank you, Royfield, for playing my dum dum which was sent in months ago. It was my tribute uh, when Meatloaf died, and I was so thrilled to finally hear it being played and even more thrilled with your lovely comments. Let me know your fave uh, rock forward slash pop star, and I can work on a new one for you. And uh, she then goes on to say, in brackets, uh, please say Phil Collins. Now, Marie, I'm not the biggest Phil Collins fan, but I tell you what, right? I've seen Col- uh, Phil Collins well, live. Uh, <laughs> Jacqueline, the message, let me say the first line, thank you, Royfield. Yeah, but she didn't know about me then. You can't have everything. <laughs> I like Phil Collins, Marie. I love Phil Collins, in fact. All right. Okay. <laughs> Let's have a little bit of Phil Collins, but if you could knock out two... And another one in the style of Robert Nesta Marley, commonly known as Bob Marley. That that would be awesome. That put like a proper happy smile in me in me dad's heart. So a uh, bit of Phil Collins, bit of Bob Marley. See if you can mash that up uh, with with Barrett Green, and that would be awesome. Now, it's time for us, because we're still doing the social media roundup per se, or at least it's it's a tailwind anyway, to welcome our new Facebook members. So this week we had... Kim Fur, Brian Simmons. Steve Cantway. Marion Bailey. Joe Wellings. Steve Millard. Claire Brophy. And Emily Wilson. We are also on Twitter under at dumtdum. Our team always includes The Archers with capitals, using a capital T and a capital A hashtag, so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet-along. Also, try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. And of course, as well as at Dumpty Dum, we are both on Twitter, but uh, don't follow me on Twitter. There's no point. Uh, Jacqueline, how can you be found? I'm at Jberto St. Gwen. <laughs> so complicated to say it, isn't it? I'm going to have to change my Twitter handle, I think. It's at J-B-E-R-T-H-O-S-T-G-U-E-N. Look on Dumpty Dum. It's on, my name is on there quite often. <laughs> it's the best way to do it. Smashing, and now it's tweet of the week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline, and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with tweets of the week. After my damning on-air review from Royfield last week, I'll report tweets of the week with a straight back this time. With thanks to Jacqueline and Quentin for their mentions of notable tweets. My nomination for visual Twitter feed this week goes to at Ambridge View. Dr. Charlotte Martin, who regular listeners will know plays Susan and has occasionally appeared on Dumpty Dum. She posts great photographs to accompany her tweets. This week, notably, the children of Ambridge eating cake and the round of drinks for the Brookfield Archers and the Caseys at the book. Do take a look if you're on Twitter. 
next to the medal winners. In bronze position, it's Sober AF at Morrissey Girl, who offers us yoga with Brian, cravat warrior pose. In silver, it's regular tweeter of the week, John Porter at Pie and a Pint, still in the yurts, with ecstatic dancing at 7.30, followed by Can't Complain Calypso at 8.30, and ticked off tango at 9. And in gold, it's another cast member, Ben Norris, at Ben Norris 7, who plays Ben Archer, who tells us, Minor angina attack is part of the Ambridge vocal wall. Say it six times without stumble, then slide down Lakey Hill on a tea tray and you're ready to go. That's it for this week. See you all at the next Tweet Along. Purple Pumpkin, I didn't give you a, sca- a scathing talking to last week. No, nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, but it's really nice uh, to see that the community is uh, coming around you and helping you to identify great tweets. So there you go, folks. That's been your dum de dum Jacqueline, how was it for you? Very good, thank you. At the end of a very long day. And thank you. Uh, so we'd like to say thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy B. Freeman. Thank you very much, Mr. Brown. Oh, well, you, you know what? No, no, thank you, Madame Bergeau. And uh, just a quick, a lovely uh, last shout-out goes out to our Philippa and our Quentin for their sterling time at manning and womaning the good ship dum dum so uh, there you go. That's been your dum de dum. Till out a bit. We'll see you all again in seven days' time for another rip roaring, barnstorming episode where we look back at the last seven days in Ambridge. Au revoir. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 